It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League, presented by United Dairy Farmers. The Reds are on the radio. The Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, Kettering Health Network, JTM Food Group, MSA Design, and by Document Destruction. The Hot Stove League is also brought to you by... Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, and we are back live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser. Awesome crowd here tonight. I mean, unbelievable crowd. Wednesday night, our first show of the year. I'm Tom Brenneman, along with Jim Day, and we're going to get right down to it. Red COO Phil Castellini. And, and Phil, the other night, we were at the ballpark two nights ago. And one of the most impressive presentations I think I've ever seen in any business was the announcement about this coming year. And many know it's the 150th anniversary of the Cincinnati Reds and so much going on. You unveiled uh, the 150 logo, the different uniforms the teams are going to be wearing every weekend starting in May, running through the end of the season. It's incredible what you guys have planned for this year. Well, thanks, Tom, and thanks for being there, too. That was an awesome night for us. And I will tell you, that planning has been, you know, almost a decade in the making. We've been at it a very long time, and certainly the last year and a half uh, especially. And I think that the idea when you cover an anniversary like this, you can't do it in a day or a weekend or even a homestand. So, and, and what we've tried to do is come up with ways to celebrate this anniversary all year long you know, trying to tell 150 years of history, you know, you need a full season. So that uniform campaign, and you'll see as we go, and you can look up on Reds.com and see the different ones that we've picked. It's it's 15 different ones that we'll use, as you said, every weekend starting May 4th, which was the first game of yep. that first season in 1869. We happen to be at home uh, playing here. And, um, and then the other big thing that we announced is a huge renovation of the Hall of Fame. The whole Hall of Fame is being gutted and redone, uh, adding a bunch of new archives as well. And then we're going to redo the, the Rose Garden into an 1869 pavilion with a cool new gazebo honoring that original nine starting players of the 1869 Red Stockings. We all thought we were showing up uh, to announce what you guys were going to do to celebrate year 150. And to reveal a logo. I mean, the logo is awesome, by the way. But then you unveil all of these uniforms, these throwback uniforms, and the display, like Tom said, was awesome. How did you keep that a secret? Because not very many people knew that that was going to be a part of it. Well, i got to give all of our Red staff, from the creative to our event staff, uh, you know, we, we do these things a lot. And, you know... We were saying along the way, if you want something to be a big deal, you got to make it a big deal. And uh, we talked about just that, a, a press conference to unveil the logo, you know, 10 in the morning kind of thing, and that would take 20 minutes and coffee and donuts and have a nice day. And I'm like, you know, I like a cocktail party 
with cocktails and snacks. A lot better than I like coffee and donuts, Tom. So here, I here. Let's have a cocktail party and have a media vet around that. And, and how else do you tell the story about the uniforms without having them there and on the full-size mannequins, tops and bottoms, and just the way that our staff created that event and the setting in that room, and you're looking at the bridge you know, from that space up in the handlebar was just amazing. And, and so it was a great way to kick it off. And we had a, a lot of our uh, volunteer boards for the Community Fund, the Hall of Fame, PNC Bank as a sponsor. had a lot of people there. We had leadership from around the city and great partners in our ownership group. Uh, a lot of folks were there. So it was a great way to kick it off. And it's just the beginning. We're so excited about everything we're going to get to do in 2019. All right, well, look, you got two more stops to make tonight, so we're going to let you get out of here. Thanks for helping us get started on All the right, first Red's up. Hot Stone Red Lake Show. All right, Phil Castellini, kind enough to join us. You know, Jim, for those that have not seen that display in the unveiling the other night, you can be the most hardcore Reds fan in the world. You can be the most jaded guy out there in the world, and they're trying to do this, trying to do that, whatever it is. But... If you took five minutes, if you're able, to jump on a computer and start to look at those uniforms, yeah. to think that the Reds are going to be wearing those every weekend this year starting in the month of May is one of the coolest things I think I've ever seen in sports. Well, I'm one of those guys, especially growing up. I was kind of a uniform nerd. I, I'm yeah. one of those. I love baseball so much I pay attention to every little detail of uniforms and the history of the game. And i, I got to tell you, when they – they did a run-through earlier in the day, uh, which I was a part of. So I knew it was coming um, at the uh, the actual media event. But when they first unveiled them, even at the staff event earlier in the day, it took my breath away. I, exactly had, right. I had no idea that it was coming. And they were, un, you know, the, the curtains came down, and I'm like, wow. Yes. Um, and we're not talking about some of these throwback uniforms, you know, they're kind of, uh, I don't want to say – you know, they kind of half you know what them. These are the real deal. Yes. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see the modern players in a 1902 uniform or a 1930s era uniform. And, and Can't I, wait. And I never realized until the other night as Phil was kind of going through some of that stuff, one of the uniforms where the Reds have blue pants. Yeah. You know, the ones they had the other day. And I can't remember what year it was. 1911 road uniforms are and, all and, blue. Yes. And... To think that the, the, the Reds, that was actually a part of their color scheme right. from the very beginning, was red, white, and blue, and got rid of the blue when the name change officially became just the Cincinnati Reds. Right. A little history there. I thought it was pretty cool. The years they've won the World Series, the five World Series, mm-hmm. those will be uniforms that will be worn on a given weekend as you move through the year. And, and then those, uh, for example, when the Reds brought the sleeveless jerseys back, I think right. it was, what, 99, if I'm not mistaken, 1999. I think a lot of people to this day would still like to see the Reds wear those uniforms. Those are great-looking unis, and they'll be wearing those uh, any given weekend. Don't know which uniform, which weekend yet, but uh, it's going to be really exciting, and I think fans are really going to enjoy it. But there are a lot of other things that are going on in addition to just the unveiling of the logo and the uniforms they're going to wear. They're going to have like an open house party around the 4th of yeah, July. Yeah, it's very interesting. There's a couple of Fridays that the Reds have off days this year. It's a yes. really weird schedule. And one of the off days is Friday, July 5th. So uh, what they've decided to do is have a Reds Rockin' 150 open house, which is a great idea, and it's going to be free to the public. The stadium is going to be open. Current and former players are going to be there. 
And you can go in any part of the ballpark. If you haven't seen the clubhouse before, you can go through there. You can go to the Diamond Club seats. You can uh, go in the batting cage areas. And they're going to cap it off with a concert on the field and fireworks. It's going to be an all-day, all-night event, which is just a great idea. I mean, just open up the stadium free and open to the public. Uh, that's going to be on July 5th on a Friday. Reds rocking 150 open house, which is a great idea. So there's a lot to check out, and I would invite you to please do so. Full details on all the 150th anniversary celebrations for 2019 can be found at Reds.com slash 150. Reds.com slash 150. The other big announcement, which came today, has to do with Reds Fest. Right around mm-hmm. the corner, Fox Sports Ohio Reds Fest presented by PNC Bank. That'll be held on Friday, November 30th from 3 to 10.30. Then on Saturday, December the 1st, 11 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. at the Duke Energy Convention Center in downtown Cincinnati. And lots going on, as always, with that. More former players, current players than we've ever had before. Yeah, and, you know, the Red, if, if you've never attended Reds Fest, uh, you'll go in there and you'll be blown away by just the um, everything that's involved. It's not just some little event. I mean, it's so big that they've taken over two or three floors of the convention center now. Uh, those that have been there know how special it is, and it's a, a great time to, to get baseball, you know, be, to talk about uh, in the off season this year a little bit earlier on November 30th. Um, of course, the Reds Fest Celebrity Poker Tournament is going to be going on yep. there where you can play with Reds players. Uh, you'll be calling out the, the letters and the numbers on the Reds Fest bingo, I hear. With any luck at all, there, there are background checks required for that now in Ohio, so we'll see. Two-day tickets are uh, $25 for adults, $12 for kids, 12 and younger. One-day tickets, uh, the kids can get in for just $7, and believe me, it is very much worth it for kids because it's one of those events where most of the current Reds players are there, and, of course, a lot of the great former players come back as well. It is a uh, terrific event, and as you know, this Reds ownership group does everything on a first-class basis, and this is another one of those. So, I mean, you know, the regular cast of characters will be there. The Reds Hall of Famers, as Jim mentioned, Joey Votto, Michael Lorenzen, Eugenio Suarez, new manager David Bell, and we're going to get to him in a minute when we start talking about baseball here shortly. Uh, the members of his coaching staff, how many are there now? That's another topic we'll get into here in a minute. Another announcement made on that yesterday. And prospects Nick Senzel, Hunter Green, and Jonathan India will be here as well. Our phone number, we'd love to hear from you, 513-749-1360, 749-1360. We're at the Grail, the Holy Grail on the banks, presented by Budweiser. We're back in a moment. Live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser. What a great crowd we have here tonight. And uh, already kicked it off tonight with Phil Castellini about the Reds' 150th anniversary celebration. And lots happening in 2019. Reds Fest coming up in less than three weeks. The biggest story so far in the offseason, Jim Day, you were there for the press conference, I was not, was the announcement of David Bell. As the Reds' new manager, he, of course, is the grandson of Reds, uh, Reds' great Gus Bell, the son of Major League great, including a one-time Red, Buddy Bell. And David made quite a name for himself as both a player, 
a minor league manager, front office executive. And your thoughts on the hiring of David Bell, were you surprised? I was not surprised, actually. He was one, when people asked me who I thought was going to be the next manager, he was always one of the names I brought up. Um, I always saw, and I don't know if Dick Williams ever caught this, but for the past few years I always saw Dick Williams and David Bell talking before games, especially when he was a, uh, the bench coach for the Cardinals. Um, so I saw that there was a budding relationship there. And he's one of those guys that fits all the criteria uh, outside of one, that having managed a major league team before. But everyone you talk to since they've made this hire, I haven't found one person that has said one bad word about David Bell. No. There's not one question people think he's going to be successful, that he is earmarked for this. Um, he has the experience of being a longtime big league player. Um, you ran through the resume there. Um, well, I, I he, think what one people, a lot of people may not know because he played for so long, and, and like a lot of players, he just sort of disappear. You know, you don't hear about him for a long time for one reason or another. But, you know, he actually managed for a long time in the Reds organization. Yeah. He was at their double-A team at, back when they were the Carolina Mudcats, was three years there, and then in November of 11 named the manager at Louisville, uh, and then got swooped up immediately by the Cubs when Joe Madden took over. Right. And some of the Reds players played under David Bell, the current players, and they had great things to say uh, about David Bell. Um, Now, listen, you could have – I said this the day of the press conference. We did it live on Fox Sports Ohio. and um, You could have Sparky Anderson or Casey Stengel manage next year that if they don't turn around this pitching staff, it's – it's not going to matter. He's going to bring a lot to the table, but they still have a lot of work to do in that regard. But they look at the hires that they've made from the pitching coach to the bench coach or to the hitting coach, and we'll get into that going forward. Um, they are bringing in new blood into this organization. We're not talking about only on the coaching staff, throughout the front office, running the guys running the minor leagues. And we talked about this at the end of the season as well on the broadcast, that they want to rewrite this organization, rewrite the minor league manual, rewrite everything they do, have one voice, one way, the Reds' way, which they have not done over the past several years. Um, It's going to be very, very interesting. They've got a lot of guys that right now, they're opening eyes like, wow, that was a pretty good hire. Mm Mm-hmm. Hitting coach. That was a pretty good hire of a pitching coach. I think the pitching coach really shocked a lot of people yeah. because Milwaukee had such great success last year. And let's face it, when they hired him away, this guy was a pitching coach at Vanderbilt University. Yeah. This guy was not a professional pitching coach. Now, Vanderbilt's like a professional program. They're so good, and they're in the top five, top ten every year. But the bottom line is he was a college pitching coach. Mm-hmm. So the Brewers were the ones who really rolled the dice on him. And for the Reds, after the Brewers, to advance all the way to the National League Championship Series, to walk in the door and snatch the guy away from Milwaukee, I think, as you pointed out, opened up a lot of eyes. Well, when I the people that I've talked to and the things that I've read about Derek Johnson is who we're talking about, um, they all say he's known as a teacher and a fixer of pitchers. And you can look no further than the, the guys that – uh, he led to success. Josh Hader struggled, had a golden arm, struggled, turned him around. Corey Knable, Zach Davies, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, Jeremy Jeffress, Wade Miley. I, mean, I wrote these names down. All these guys that 
I mean, we're not talking about huge, big-name guys, and he took them. They were one of the two teams standing, last standing in the That's National right. League. That's right. And it was because of the pitching, and they gave Derek Johnson a great deal of the credit. So if he is a teacher and a fixer, and the Reds, they, how many times have we heard, boy, this guy's got a golden arm. Yeah. He's got great no, stuff. Seen it but we need to just put the final That's pieces right. together. That's right. If he can be a guy that can put the final pieces together, then finally this talent can come to fruition. Hey, easier said than done, but... Well, but it's, like, it's like you said, though. I mean, those guys you just mentioned, it would only be people inside the Brewers organization who would have known about Josh Hader or the laundry list of guys, Shashin, the guys that had yeah. come up. They would be the only people that know about him because it's like us talking about him on the air and fans and following the Reds and are talking about, oh, gosh, this guy's got a great arm, but dot, 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 right? Well, I think it's safe to say we have seen the fact that the Reds do have a pile of guys with great arms. So yeah. even if you hit on two out of every five, Lord knows they've got two dozen of them over there. Now all of a sudden you might be on to something. And I think what attracted him as well is the, what we had talked about. They're, they're rewriting the system. To my knowledge, they're letting Derek Johnson put his stamp on the Reds, not only at the major league level, but throughout the minor leagues. This is the way that we are going to do it. He's going to write the book. Well, the thing I like about that idea is it's one thing to ask a guy to do that who's maybe never done it. You can rest assured a guy that has been a pitching coach at the collegiate level, they've had to do that. Oh, yeah. But because one pitching coach at that level can't work with all Mm -hmm. the guys they've got going, so you're putting in an entire program. And I think everybody would agree that's been seemingly the disconnect I think not only in the Reds organization, but a lot of organizations have had a trouble putting together quality pitching year in and year out. Is it you're teaching them maybe one thing in the minor leagues at the, at the very low level. Now you have a different pitching coach who's a little better at teaching this thing instead of that thing, but it's still different than what maybe the guy at the major league level uh, believes in. And so to have his input on what we're going to do top to bottom is a big step forward. Oh, there's there's no doubt about it. And uh, that just getting fresh voices in the room and a fresh approach. This organization, hey, four four straight seasons struggling. Uh, It was time. And when you've got guys that have the credentials that a Derek Johnson and a Turner Ward have, um, it it has opened eyes around baseball that the Reds are serious about turning this around. If anybody here in our audience at the uh, Holy Grail would like to ask questions, we have a microphone right down here. Uh, Dave Yiddy Armbruster has a, a microphone. You could ask a question. So just walk on up here, and believe me, you can tell there will be a long line to do that. And uh, anybody at home, our number is 749-1360, 749-1360. And so we invite you to call and talk Reds baseball. We're on until 7 o'clock tonight, and we're going to be here every Wednesday running through the end of March all the way through the end of spring training leading up to the Reds' opening day. The Holy Grail Banks and Budweiser are proud sponsors of the Reds' Hot Stove League. Grab your buds for our next show. That'll be next Wednesday the 14th. Specials on Bud and Bud Light buckets. What's better than a bucket of Bud or Bud Light at the Holy Grail Banks? Cincinnati's home for sports. All right, Jim and I are coming back here shortly. We invite your questions. Love to talk some baseball. Reds baseball on the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by Budweiser from the Holy Grail Banks. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by 
Budweiser. The Reds Holiday Gift Pack is on sale now, starting at only $40. The gift pack includes four ticket credits, good towards any combination of games next season. Plus, you get a Mr. Redlegs Snowman Bobblehead. Purchase your Reds Holiday Gift Pack today at the Reds Kiosk, located in the Kenwood Town Center, or at reds.com slash holidays. Some restrictions apply. With Tom Brenneman, I'm Jim Day. Good to get the hot stove league yes. warmed up. Absolutely. And our number is 749-1360. I promise you, if you call, you'll get on the air. 749-1360. <laughs> and we have questions from our live audience here at uh, the Holy Grail. Bank. Live, Mike. Your name and what part of town you're from. Uh, my name is Tony from Adele High. Good to see uh, you, Tony. My question is about Mr. Nick Senzel. Uh, I know he had a few uh, issues with his elbow and his uh, finger. Uh, I'm really looking forward to him to being up at the major league level. Uh, when do you expect him to come up, and what position uh, would he be in, a platoon role or you know, second or third or in the outfield? If he comes up, I don't think he's going to be in a platoon role. There's no reason to bring him up into a platoon role. If he's coming up, if it's me, he's playing every day. Um, they have are now – going to, well, they had started the process of getting him work in the outfield, and this is a guy that's a really good athlete. Uh, You hate to see him moving around so much because he's a natural infielder, but the Reds, at least right now, Suarez is at third, and right now Scooter Jeanette's at second base, his most natural positions. Peraza had a good year at shortstop, so they started him in left field and going to try him out in different outfield spots. The Reds' outfield is very much in question. Um, next year. If there's one spot on the team outside of the starting pitching, um, it's the outfield. Um, To me, I think he can play out there. I think he can even play center field. To me, some of the center fielders that I've seen in this league, is he going to play at the level of Billy Hamilton? No chance. Um, But I think he's going to make the clubhouse spring training. That's just me. I I don't know. I I would get going. I, I wouldn't wait around anymore with Nick Senzel. Uh, but we'll see. I wouldn't put him in a platoon role. I know that. You know, the, I think everybody who has seen Sinzel play long enough believes there's no doubt he's ready to hit in the big leagues ASAP. And I think you bring up a, a great point, though, about him moving around a lot. And the, and the other part that you just you hope and pray that it's not something – Every year, but it's been something every year. You know, he had the vertigo. He's had the that's elbow. That's the one that worries me the most. He's had, yeah, because you've had to deal with that and know what that's all about. And, you know, it, it, all accounts are he's going to be okay and he's going to be healthy and ready to go to start of spring training. But, man, you just hope for that young man's sake and for the Reds organization and for Reds fans and his future that he can find a way just to stay on the field. Dave mm-hmm. Lapham, Bengals. Great analyst on the radio. My favorite line that he has ever used and maybe I've ever heard from any announcer or any person anywhere. I know. The most important part of ability is availability. To get on the field. And I give Lap all the credit in the world. That is a great, great line. Yes, sir, young man, your name, occupation, please. My name is Rob from Wilmington, Ohio. Hi, Rob. I'd like to say hello to my mother on Spring Street. I have two questions for you guys. Yes, we say hello to your mother, too. Does Seg Dennison still work for WLW? I love that dude. <laughs> I, 
Take well, it back. Last I heard, uh, the Segman is is still rocking and rolling. Good. Uh, Love that dude. Well, I mean, he's all on over there with Bill Cunningham yeah. and Rachel on a regular basis mm-hmm. when they have the, their show going on. And so, uh, yes, I heard the Segman giving the uh, Stooge report even during Election Day yesterday. So unless something, he got voted out somehow, some way, then I think Seg Dennison is still there. My question pertains to the free agent market. Scott Boris is in the news all day long accusing the teams of tanking last year, right. cutting into the free agent market. With Harper and Machado out this year, how do you think the free agent market compares to last year? Well, I think it'll get going sooner than it did last year. Last year was crazy. Uh, it's something that we had never seen, that there were so many players that were still out there. And when spring training and even the season started, there were so many players still without a job. Uh, it, whether everyone got together and decided we're going to do this or it was coincidence, I don't know. That's above me. But it was very, very interesting that there was a message sent to the current free agent system. Well, you know, i, I got to be honest with you. When people start using that word collusion, and I'm not suggesting that that hasn't happened in the past, but I always look at, what happens after a certain time are guys now starting to get signed for really, really cheap, right? That mm-hmm. didn't happen last year. I just think that people got to a point that own these franchises that are like, hey, look, I don't mind paying this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy, but there's no way I'm paying that guy, you know, nine, ten, twelve, fifteen million dollars. And so Jose Bautista, if I remember right, I mean guys like Jason Worth and a lot of these guys, they were just left on the street for yeah. the whole year. So there's no way do I believe they were colluding against a certain group of players because, quite honestly, I think you just get to a point where you say, I think this guy's worth it and that guy's not, and we're moving on. But when we come back, I want to talk about Bryce Harper. All right. Because a uh, big story that he allegedly turned down a 10-year, $300 million contract. That's Red Bryce. Hot Stove League, back in a moment. Listening to the Reds Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser. You know, a couple of other topics. Some folks we were talking to during the commercial break, and a gentleman walks up to me and thank you, by the way, for uh, bringing that up. Thank you. I got to tell you, you know, there, there are a lot of things in life that happen to us, and obviously some are a lot more important than the other ones. And in the grand scheme of things, the importance of it is all not that high. I am still in a state of shock that now three years in a row, Billy Hamilton has not won a gold glove. You know, I've been fortunate enough and blessed enough to announce baseball for 31 straight years and seen a lot of great defenders play in the outfield. I thought Steve Finley was the best center fielder I had ever seen. I mean, the guy ran like a deer, great mind for the game, knew where to play, great arm, accurate. Watching Billy Hamilton since he came up is by far a better defender than Steve Finley ever was, and he was winning the gold glove every year. I'm sure Ender Enciarte is a great outfielder. He is. I'm not taking anything. I sincerely mean this away from him. But, But it's inexplainable to me 
how Billy Hamilton has not won that award. Well, let's face it. The gold glove has always been a flawed award. This well, is not the is. first time. I mean, there are years. Uh, Rafael Palmero won the one year. What did he play, 15 games right, in right, the field that right, year? Yeah. I mean, it's been a, a an award that hasn't always gone to the best defender. It goes to big names. It goes to guys that hit and play defense. Um, which NCRT does. Which NCRT does. So it works against Billy in that regard. But, you know, if it's a gold glove and it's all about defense, which it's never been totally about defense with that award, he should win it. Should have won it. But I just, I, I I just shake my head. Way, you know, that's one of those awards, though, Jim, I think you would agree. That, that, that That's one of those awards where it's really hard to find who would be the right people to vote on that award. Because now with the unbalanced schedule, I mean, let's be honest. The Red Sea enter Enciarte for six games, maybe seven yeah. every single year, and that's it. It's the managers and coaches yeah, that vote on exactly it. exactly right. And so, therefore, if you're a coach for any of the teams in the East, any of the teams in the West, maybe you catch Billy Hamilton like we did at times this year. Last couple of years, he's been hurt by the time he got to August. Yeah. Now, this year, you know, his playing time was sporadic at best as you started dwindling down the last couple of months here of the season. So, you know, why would a guy with the Giants or the Dodgers, why would he vote for Billy Hamilton any more than Ender Enciarte or any more than a guy who plays center field, A.J. Pollock? Yeah. No, it should be voted on by guys that follow the entire league on a daily basis. I don't Uh, know who they are. I don't well, know who that would be. There's there's a, at least a group of national writers that do it. There's a group of at MLB Network that do it. There's a group at other networks, the Fox Network, that does it. Um, you could certainly get a panel together of guys that follow the league every day. And now in the age of, even though I'm not, I like saber metrics, but I'm not so big on the de- defensive metrics, I think. Um, some of those um, are, aren't great. But you've got guys in numbers out there that follow this and very, very closely. And not just, as you said, managers and coaches that see Billy Hamilton sometimes three, six times a year. And as we know, we get to see him every day. And there's no one that covers more ground. Uh, there's no one that saves more runs no than question. him. And to go with that, he's... Got a terrific arm. All right, let me ask you this. We're on the topic of Billy Hamilton. Where do you think Billy Hamilton is on opening day 2019? Do you think he's still wearing a red uniform? (laughs) I know that's a high-button question. And I know you don't have a crystal ball. But, you know, this has been one of those topics every single year. You know. And now is is really where the rubber almost meets the road. Not quite yet because he's not a free agent. But it does reach the road in regard to arbitration, a huge salary jump, all those kinds of things. I think he will be here. What do you think? I don't want to straddle the fence too much here, but I think... Well, you, are, you are, though. Well, let me finish. This right. this year is probably the biggest question mark. I think it's the, the best chance that he won't be here okay. next year. As opposed to years past, I think this year there's a much bigger question because of what you talked about. He's arbitration eligible again. We're probably talking about $8 million. Um, Could that be better spent on pitching? That's a big question. But it always comes back to who's going to replace him. That's true. But the old saying goes, finish in last place with him, and finish in last place without him. I've heard that somewhere. Yeah. I have heard that somewhere before. 
like to remind you, Reds fans, don't miss your chance to win Reds merchandise memorabilia and a trip for two to see the Reds in Arizona during spring training. Each donation of $25 equals one entry into the ultimate spring training sweepstakes. For rules and entry, visit Reds.com slash spring sweepstakes. We have 10 more minutes to go, and we're back to wrap it up from the Holy Grail. Along the Banks, presented by Budweiser. Back in a flash. Reds Hot Stove League is back. Final 10 minutes live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser. We thank everybody for coming out tonight. We have a huge audience here tonight. All here to see you. I mean, can you blame them? No. Hey, I want to get back to this uh, this uh, Bryce Harper thing just yeah. for one second. I know it's off the Reds, and this is a Reds Hot Stove League. Were you not shocked if that is, if that uh, is the truth that uh, any player in this day and age would turn down a ten-year contract <laughs> for three hundred million dollars? I was shocked. I mean, you know, last year what was it? Mike Moustakis got some really bad advice uh, from his agent that did not work out monetarily for him. Um, I don't know. I I, I wouldn't give anyone a ten-year contract anymore. Anyone. No way. Particularly pitching. He's not a pitcher, obviously, but there's just no way. I, I $300 million, $30 million a year, there's no chance I've turned that down. I, I would just say, hey. I mean, how much money do you need? I mean, when it gets to the point where it's 275 or 300 or 310 three, I mean, how much really do you need? Well, that's why it's going to be so interesting. And, and Rob, who is one of our uh, – Questioners earlier talked about uh, Scott Boris and that whole process yeah. and, uh, and where uh, Bryce Harper is going to end up. I don't know. Does he have Manny Machado, too? I can't remember. You I know, that I don't so. know. I don't, I don't know. think he does. I don't but know. I, I, I mean, I think it's very telling that maybe he does not want to play in Washington. Yeah. I mean, that would be the only thing that I could think. But he's rolling the dice that, I mean, if they're going to give out that money, then he better stay healthy. As far as the Reds are concerned, you keep reading more and more and more about going out and trying to acquire some free agent pitching. There was a great article that was written just, uh, what, yesterday uh, that came out that suggested the Reds would be in line to bring Matt Harvey back and bring in a, a one-time outstanding starter whose career luck looked like he had gone off the rails, Derek Holland. He came back and threw the ball very well after signing a minor league deal with the Giants last year. Yeah, it, uh, you know, will the Reds be in the – be able to sign the top end free agent pitchers history would tell you you know probably not but the even a patrick corbin you're probably not going to be able to get involved and he's a I top mean, end guy this year. yeah i mean we'll see but guys like j.a Happ, someone like that um up there in age but um i think those second tier guys the the reds could certainly get on on i would not rule out trading from a strength, that being giving up some young players or giving up some offense to get pitching, um, taking a flyer on, I mean, the Yankees have all said, hey, you can trade for Sonny Gray, um, struggled with the Yankees. Derek Very good ja- with Oakland. Derek Johnson was the coach at Vanderbilt yep. when Sonny Gray was there. Yep. So maybe there's a connection there. I, I think it's going to be very interesting. I wouldn't rule anything out. Uh, as far as the Reds, I mean, if they're as, aggre- as aggressive in the free agent market or acquiring pitching via trade or however, 
as they have been aggressive in getting these coaches, then they should do some business. I think it's safe to say that when you look in a bullpen, it's not to say you couldn't use any more help in a bullpen. Everybody's bullpen could use some more help. But knowing that you have, you know, two solid veterans coming back that pitched so well for you last year. Lorenzen, he wants to be a starter. We'll see how that plays out. You still have Iglesias. So there's some good pieces down in that bullpen. We'll talk more about the starting pitching when we get together next week. All right, we thank everyone for coming out tonight. We invite you to join us next Wednesday. Same bat time, same bat channel, 6 p. Eastern time. Big round of applause for Jim Day. Big round of applause. <laughs> Tom Brenneman, everybody. Jim Day, every day, Jim Day. Have a great night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.